0: This is the AMA Los Angeles Podcast. Are you ready? Welcome to the AMA Los Angeles Podcast. I'm Joel Metzger. I'm on location at the Digital Entertainment World Expo in Marina del Rey, and I have with me Tosca Musk. She is a multi-award-winning filmmaker known for her directing, writing, and executive producing of feature films and other leading-edge content. In 2017, Musk co-founded Passionflix, the premium streaming entertainment platform that produces and distributes empowering fun and passionate movies for audiences of all ages. Welcome, Tosca.
1: Hi, nice to be here.
0: So the panel you have coming up is the future of over-the-top and monetization. What is the future?
1: The future of over-the-top. Well, hopefully it is um, more directed content to specific niche groups content made specifically for people that want to watch it.
0: Kind of like passion Passionflix.
1: Exactly like passion Passionflix, do which you... is a very specific audience, a multi-billion dollar industry audience, but uh, it's, a, it's a specific audience.
0: Do you, do you think like the whole ecosystem is going very long tail where we're, we're getting, the niches are getting more and more narrow as we're able to reach those kind of subsets of people?
1: I want to say yes. Uh, yes, I think that if you can find a specific audience and target that audience then I think that you hey, you have a strong business model <laughs> basically and I guess that ultimately would be long tail success
0: and and how does Passion Flicks that's part of its business model right I our mean, business
1: d- model is laser focused on the romance community
0: and uh, the romance genre is long-lived and strong and going strong what do you think the reason for that is
1: that there is very little content out there for women in general, except for romance. And romance is the biggest selling genre in the world when it comes to books. It goes neck and neck with thriller suspense, uh, but for the most part, it wins out every year. Women need an outlet. We need something that's for us, that speaks to our emotions, that um, is a little escape for us. And the fact that there's no content for us outside of books um, just opened up a whole new world for us so that we're able to create content based on these best-selling IPs and put it up on passion flicks for the specific audience. The romance community themselves, I mean, there are millions, millions of people in the romance community that consider themselves romance fans, hardcore fans. We cannot create content fast enough for
0: them. You know what, it, it made me think back to the 1930s and 40s when we had these really strong female characters, flawed, um, powerful characters. I'm thinking about Betty Davis and Barbara mm-hmm. Stanwyck and, and uh, Joan Crawford. And, and it seems like the studios had a handle on that. They realized that there was a demographic for that. And then... It all skewed so male.
1: Very much so. Do you, yeah.
0: do you think we're in a kind of resurgence for that kind of thing, or is it just is it just the the change in the ecosystem lets you reach the, these people now?
1: Um, I really hope that we are making a change. I think that women are kind of, um, I think that they're a little pissed that we've been forgotten, and I think that it's time for us to start creating content for the other fifty percent of the world. And that's what we're doing.
0: That's a pretty big percentage when you think about it, isn't yeah. it? It's That's so <laughs> some funny. niche, 50%. Exactly.
1: Everyone says to us, wow, so what about this niche? You know, you're, you're a small niche. Um, and I said, well, sure, if you consider women to be a small niche. Yeah. But I consider them to be 50% of the world. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, so women's empowerment is, a, is, a, is very important to you. It's a driving force in what you do. Yes. How does that affect the selection of the properties that you do pick up to make on passion flicks?
1: Well, the fortunate thing is that most romance novels are very empowering to women. They teach women uh, how to have conversations in relationships. They help us to understand how to say yes, how to say no when it comes to sexuality Um, Most of these romance novels deal with high-powered men that have a lot of influence over the woman, and the woman still stands her ground and is able to say yes, no, and how she says it. It's very empowering to read that, and then for us to be able to take that and put it on film is uh, very valuable. We fully believe that media can influence how we act in life, and if we're able to show women in empowering roles— uh, not as necessarily the CEO of a company, although, great, let's do that, mm-hmm. but as a person that is able to have a strong conversation with somebody to um, to be able to stand their ground and make a decision for themselves, yes or no, when it comes to their sex life.
0: So is it largely the character you're looking at? Uh... Well I'm sure there's a bunch of factors like how successful is the original anyway or what's the milieu or what's the you know the, the time period or all kinds of things but primarily is it you're looking for that strong female character?
1: Almost all of them have a strong female character but I'm yeah we look for the most compelling story. So romance novels can skew to the very erotic which is very hard to turn into a film because then people will take us, uh, they'll, they'll think we're doing a little bit more on the soft core porn y- side, yeah. which we're not. Right. Um, so we wanna make sure that our content, that the, the movies, the books that we choose to turn into movies and series have um, a compelling story, a strong female character and a strong male character because we are not looking to make one sex less than the other. And that there is conflict uh, within their relationship that they have to work to resolve because that's where the communication comes in.
0: That's where the tension the drama comes in too, I'm sure. Exactly. Um, when you adapt a, a novel, how much do you include the original author? Is it different for every case? Or
1: We include the author in every single step of the way. So we, uh, Joni Kane is my founding partner. She's the writer of most of the screenplays that we have now. Uh, She adapts the screenplay, sends it to the author, the author gives us notes, they will add things uh, in or take things out, uh, and then they will send it to me to read, only after the author has had input. And then I will have a look at it, and if I'm directing it, I will make some notes and some changes, and then send it to the author for their approval. They don't actually get official approval, but we want them to approve, because it's their story. We really want to take their vision and translate it perfectly for the screen, and it doesn't help us to make something that's not their vision.
0: Right. I guess this is more of a Joni question then, but uh, what were some of the challenges of of translating some of these novels, which is a completely different format, into the screen, which is much shorter yes. <laughs> and more concise? I
1: would say from Joni's perspective, it would be that uh, the books are 450 pages, and she needs to make them 100 pages.
0: Yeah. I guess that would be the... The primary uh, challenge. Can we talk about Tiki Bar TV? Sure. Okay. So uh, for those who don't know, this was a pioneering video production uh, in the years around 2005, 2009, something like that. Um, And I guess technically it's considered a video podcast at the time. Yes. But it was a uh, really early example of video content distributed online. Uh, Can you talk about the genesis of that and any lessons learned from that? sort of that that spearhead of that kind of content.
1: Absolutely. Well, Tiki Bar TV was created by Jeff McPherson, who is a wonderful filmmaker and a hilarious man. Um, and he started with two of his friends where he's, he's like, well, let's just create this five-minute video podcast at the time um, and uh, about Tiki Bars because he was a filmmaker and, and trying to get things off the ground. He released it and then shortly thereafter got a call from uh, – Apple, saying, can you please make sure that you have a lot of bandwidth because we're going to make an announcement in the next few days. And he's like, what the hell? But they don't say exactly what's going to happen. (laughs) Uh, And a few days later, Steve Jobs um, used Tiki Bar TV as an example um, of video podcasting and put it on every iPod with video across the nation. So Tiki Bar TV became the number one downloaded video podcast in the world. We had, uh, over time, we got... Uh, close to 500,000 unique downloads. And you
0: needed the bandwidth because iTunes will point to your server. They don't store correct. it. Yeah, okay.
1: At the time, yes. Yeah. And so we would have just crashed.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> um,
1: and uh, so many 500,000 people or a million people coming onto your site and yeah. without any
0: We need to be ready. Yeah, <laughs> to be ready.
1: Um, and so for the next few years, we continued to produce uh, Tiki Bar TV. We actually released just one episode a month, five minutes, and we had uh, 500,000 downloads a month. And so we were one of the highest downloaded video podcasts in the world at that time. I mean, it was
0: really blue ocean, though, because you guys were so early.
1: Yeah, no one else was there. Yeah. And uh, trying to convince people to, you know, watch. Your
0: market share was you. Yeah, exactly.
1: And, exactly. No one else was there. Like, 100%. How, do you get, how do you get so many people? Yeah. Like, uh, But... Um, And then what we did to survive, because no one's paying for content on the web at that time, is we sold merchandise. So we designed and created our own t-shirts and mugs and hats and things like that. We we literally took some of our characters and turned them into mugs, and people bought these tiki mugs, and that's how we survived for many years, Um, which is great to know that merchandise can keep you alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We had a few sponsorships, but mostly it was merchandise.
0: And you guys were kind of just making that. There was no previous example for you to follow, really, right? So no, You guys were nothing. kind of making that up as you went along.
1: Yeah, we were brought into a lot of studios and networks and sort of grilled for, you know, how did you get this? How did you get this audience? How are you doing it? And we're like, oh, okay, well, let me tell you how you do it. And it's the same thing that we have for Passionflix. Know your audience and make something for your audience. It's, it's pretty simple. Yeah. I know who my audience is. I'm going to make something exactly for them, and I'm not going to stray from that.
0: So, for a moment, let's let's pretend that I'm a uh, an avid user of Passionflix, and I'm not.
1: You're laughing at and, us. I, I think after this, you're going to be an avid. I user I'm probably of
0: more likely you. to be watching The Wild Bunch for the fortieth time. But uh, <laughs> but let's pretend I'm interested in the uh, romance genre. Mm. What what is a uh, what am I in for when I when I get there? How's your website? Um, how do, how does it operate actually?
1: So we base almost everything on feelings for women and a little bit of sexiness too. So. When you come to our platform, you know, there's the normal page of, you know, here's the latest movie, and here's your selection of top movies that everyone's watching. We, on average, have about 30 movies on the platform every month, so it rotates monthly. so it, keeps it all fresh.
0: original, or, or you acquire some?
1: We have three original movies out right now, and then we, we license from the studios as well. Okay. So Pride and Prejudice, Meet Joe Black... Somewhere in Time, Wuthering Heights, Jane Eyre, Mansfield Park, very you know the romance genre in general, Four Weddings and a Funeral, four yeah. I love that one. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, and, uh, and so when you arrive on our sites, so you have all those regular choices. But if you wanted to zero in on a feeling, our tabs allow you to feel. So you, you select feel, and on the feel page, it'll take you to chutzpah and hoo-ha for strong woman, tissues and ice cream if you need a good cry, mm-hmm. love and laughter. Senses and Sensuality, eventually we'll have Spank Me, Bite Me, <laughs> Thrill Me. Um, we do have Thrill Me right now. So, you know, we we want people to feel, uh, feel something when they w- want to watch a movie. N- normally when you go to platforms, you will search by genre. I'm going to look for horror, I'm going to look for suspense, I'm going to look for romance. And we wanted to break that down into how... That film...
0: Because you've already got the genre. They're, they're there. That's the genre they're in. That it? is
1: the genre, exactly. Yeah. So we wanted to break it down into how that particular movie is going to make you feel afterwards. So if you want to be thrilled, if you want to laugh, if you want to cry, if you want to feel empowered, we have them all listed in those categories.
0: And um, is anyone else doing this? That's really innovative.
1: Uh, not that I'm aware of, no. Wow. And then we have another section, if you're not sure... What, how you want to feel but you kind of really want to you want to feel a little sexy we have what we call the barometer of naughtiness and so we go anywhere from one which is one is oh so vanilla and then we have five which is not safe for work and in between we have two mildly titillating three passion and romance four toe curling yumminess and five not safe for work. Okay. So it's it allows you as a woman to go and explore content that might just take you a little bit more on the risque side. You know, something like fifty shades of gray is gonna be on a five, not right. safe for work. Um, and what we've made for original films is we've done one five, one four, one three, we're about to release a two, and then we'll go right back to five. I don't think we're gonna make any ones in the near future.
0: So when they when they type in their or choose their feelings and they're not in this level, then, then that just affects the selections and you might enjoy these yes, 10, 12. absolutely. So what are some of the projects you have coming out?
1: So we have, uh, in March, we have a movie called The Matchmaker's Playbook that comes out that stars Nick Bateman, who's a huge in the romance world. He's a big, big social media influencer and he's uh, beautiful. So that's one of the other things that you get to uh, experience when you come to Passionflix, is that our original movies do have some of the best-looking men ever in them, I I have to say. They are wonderful human beings and uh, beautiful to look at. Uh, The women are also gorgeous, but, you know, all women are gorgeous, in my opinion. Um, And uh, and so with this one, in March, we have Matchmaker's Playbook that comes out, which we are really looking forward to uh, it being a, a pretty big success for us. And then we start shooting another movie uh, in March called Royally Screwed so that we can release it around the royal wedding. And then we have Driven, another series of three books, which is a very popular series within the romance community. That would definitely be a five. They have sex on a car named Sex. I mean, that's pretty
0: sexy. That's pretty sexy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then um, we have a book by Jodie Allen Malpas, who is one of our largest British authors, Uh, We have our first series coming out this year, which is a paranormal series along the lines of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that will come out towards the end of the year. So we have a lot. We have six movies and an original series coming out this year on the platform.
0: Wow. How many episodes is the series?
1: Six. Six seems to be the magic number this year.
0: (laughs) What are you most proud of?
1: That's a good question. Um, I'm most proud of my children. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am so proud of um, my team and myself, actually, for having followed through with this. There were so many naysayers, so many people who said, this will fail. No one will ever come. This is not a good idea. Content for women doesn't count. Nobody really wants it. If somebody really wanted it, they would have done it before. There are too many competitors out there. And I'm really proud that we just kept focused and that we were able to raise the money and that we optioned these books and we just went for it and we made them and the response has been overwhelmingly positive so that is wonderful and I'm really proud of our romance community for supporting us and thankful very grateful
0: and once again you're in a you're in a blue ocean area where you're the first one in yeah yeah
1: Uh, first one certainly in this genre there are a lot of OTTs out there well
0: yeah that's what I meant but
1: the first one in this genre and you know the the positive thing with us being the first one and people always uh, wonder about you know the the competition people are going to come in and start doing romance novels and they absolutely can but um we are filmmakers first and foremost we have a strong attachment to the romance community and we work very closely with the authors so somebody can come in but they would need to have all of those qualities and want to make content at the highest level for the lowest amount of money. And that's hard.
0: Well, this has been a Total Education. Um, why don't you tell people where they can find I it at the website?
1: Yes, please go to passionflix.com, sign up. You can watch us on all iOS and Android devices, as well as Samsung Smart TVs and Chromecast.
0: Tosca Musk, thank you so much for coming on the AMA Los Angeles podcast.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: You've been listening to the AMA Los Angeles Podcast. For more information on the American Marketing Association's Los Angeles chapter and to find out about upcoming events, follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. This podcast was produced by Joel Metzger and Ice Box Logic. <laughs>